The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. G'day everyone, and this is the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, brought to you live on Port Fan Radio. I'm your host this evening, Macca 19, and joining us for the first time this year is Porsche. Oh, Macca, it's great to be in tea weather again. Fantastic. Woo! 16 She's degrees, back. I reckon it was today. 16 degrees. There you go. Or 16-ish about. It was a lovely uh, 24 today, I think, up here. So, yeah, quite a nice day. Very good. Very good. How was your off-season? Yeah, yeah. Not too bad. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Pretty excited about Sam Pfeffer, I've got to say. And, uh, yeah, no, he's done all right. He's done okay. I'll tell you Um, what, that research we did last year paid (laughs) off. (laughs) First time ever, eh? We've, we've chosen well for the club, I think. We've done well. Yeah, we did a good job. We've done good. We've done good. We've done good. Um, look, I mean, I think that was probably the most noticeable thing about last week is that I reckon that was probably the tallest midfield we've played in AFL uh, since we joined. Yeah, quite possibly. As, as, a, yeah. as a whole. Because yeah. we had the least number of guys under about 182 centimetres, which is a measure I, I, I sort of look at. And yeah. uh, I think it showed we were actually able to physically contest with Sydney across the board. We didn't have any real height deficiencies that were horribly exposed, except one really obvious one, which was Glorion Franklin. So um, fix that and we're perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you're probably right there. It was, <laughs> yeah, I would say it's probably our tallest. Certainly we had a lot of uh, taller sort of midfielders out on the park, yeah, uh, which was nice. And they all did their job. Which was great. Absolutely. I mean, it's good when Travis Boak is one of your smaller mids. So yeah, that's that's very true. Very very mm. true. Mm. Right. So let's get straight into it and uh, do some ah. questions from the forum. Uh, yes. We've got a few, not too many, but a, a few there. Uh, Bob mm-hmm. McClifford has asked. Uh, well, he's he stated that Frio beat us last year. His first question is, did this really happen? Yeah. That's right. Uh, number two is, can it happen again? It could. could It'd yeah. be hard, but it could. It could, yeah. And number three is, will Hoff do something Hoffy? Well, I guess. He probably, I mean, he usually does, right? <laughs> you know, he usually has either a really good game and you go, wow, he's actually not too bad. And then he has the ones ones where he just sort of goes missing or just appears for 10 minutes. It's <laughs> so, generally not a game of AFL football unless Hoff does something Hoffy. So, yeah, yeah, right. It's It doesn't happen often. Doesn't happen often, no. Usually, uh, he's not playing. Um, that's when he doesn't do something, Hoffy. So, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty pretty strong relation between those two things. That's true, very true. And uh, Chad Wingo has asked, um, would you make any changes to the team from either a performance or a tactical structural perspective? Um, there are changes that I specifically wouldn't make, um, yep. which is that I know Impy's supposed to come in. I don't know if Cracker can come in. But I'm just going to ride. I'm just going to ride my, my, my wagon on terms of uh, height. Uh, Fremantle or a short side. Fremantle. I did went through the list, looked at them. They had seven guys under 182 centimeters in their side last week. We had three. Yep. Um, Geelong had two, which is why they smashed them. Mm. Um, they just were physically contested. If you look at the game, you go back and watch it on the replay. If you've got AFL live pass or something, um, yeah, absolutely monstered them. Uh, and there's no reason why we couldn't do the same. I don't know why we'd want to give up that advantage, especially considering our larger midfield is actually not really slow or anything. It's actually pretty fast as well. So yeah, uh, I, I think I'd like to just have that midfield superiority uh, and the general superiority around the ground, I think, at this point. 
Same, same. I think uh, I certainly wouldn't be making any um, team changes this week. I think uh, personnel, we got it right last week, and uh, they mm. all played well. I wouldn't be making any changes. And uh, certainly structurally, I, I think um, let's just do the same thing we did last week as well and, and see how it goes. Um, look, I thought um, we played bloody well as a team. One of our best team performances for a very long time. So let's mm. not mm. Uh, let's not mm. rock the boat. Absolutely. And look, I mean, I know that there's probably two that you'd probably say might be on the edge, and that'd be probably Sam Gray, maybe Carl Amon. But Sam Gray, I think he had an up and down one, but I think he has the same excuse that Hamish Hartlewood had, which is that if you're getting that much of the ball, you must be doing something right. You know, he was yeah. he he was in it a lot, and in the forward line as a small forward, when you've got a you know you're getting the last opportunity when you've got a decent sized team around you, then it's not always going to come off. Yeah. Um, well, I, he I has right seven. Uh, I think he has seven clanger kicks. Last week, yeah. which was the most in the AFL, so that's yeah. his problem. It's been his problem for a long time. He just needs to work on his kicking. He needs to calm down before he kicks, and uh, he needs to get the, get those uh, get those feet going in the right direction and um, hitting those targets a bit better. Um, yeah, absolutely. Thing, really holding holding him back. I thought Amon played a pretty good game. I'd be disappointed yeah, if, he got yeah. to, if he got dropped, but I'm not expecting any changes. No, I don't think so. So the other question oh. is, uh, do you keep Robbie in the forward line or give him more time in the middle? Um, I think the coaches already said they want to play him in the forward line from media I was reading. Uh, yep. So, yeah. I would be expecting him to line up uh, in a forward pocket and, uh, yeah, seeing how we go again. I think the only reason I might not do that is because Freo, obviously, they love their space. Um, so if you look at the stats for last week, their game against Geelong, I think they had half the contested marks of Geelong, but they had more possessions and more marks and all that stuff. Yep. Uh, and I think that could be where Robbie Gray could be exposed in the forward line, especially if we're really concentrating on having the accountable forwards. Um, so that might actually be a worse place to rest him if he's not on par than midfield. I don't know. It'd be mm. interesting to see how we manage him. Yep, that's fair. Uh, the other... Uh... I guess more of a statement than a quick. Well, it is a question. Frio's tackling was very poor last week. Will Ross be able to provoke a positive reaction from his playing group to improve that against uh, Port Adelaide? I think it's endemic with the game plan that they've resorted to, which is that they're constantly looking for space. Like They're, they're playing the same... When you look at Freya now, it should look really familiar to Port fans because it's exactly what we looked like uh, in 2006, seven, or 2005 even, when we just slowly were losing that list advantage we had and we just kept replacing with shorter and shorter guys, 2008, 2009. Um, and you just end up becoming physically less good because you're taking the short guys because they can play well and they can play well pretty much straight away and plug gaps. Mm. And I feel they're in that same boat. So they're just constantly looking for space. So how do you improve your tackling when you first instinct is always to go wide or kick it or, or that sort of thing, you know. Um, they've got physical midfielders. They've got Fife. Yep. But then Lockie Neal, you know, um, he's okay. Mundy's all right. Mundy's quite physical. He's, he's all right. Um, but if you shut down or Fife and Mundy, I mean, I'm not too worried about the mids. Um, no, not at all. So, yeah, uh, I think that, that I don't think that, I think their tackling could improve and I think they'll probably want to improve it. I think that more than anything, they'll probably do what teams usually do against us, and that will be a real test for us, is that they'll let up that area between halfback and um, the back of the centre square um, and just sort of frustrate us that way and force us to either kick accurately over them or work out a way to bust through them, and that yep. might be where they get their tackle count up. Fair enough. Fair enough. And, of course, the game that we are talking about um, is fifth-place Port uh, playing against 17th place Frio this Sunday for our first game at Adelaide Oval for the season. 
Uh, mm. We've got a 17-15 win-loss record against Frio. Uh, we've won both matches, uh, played at Adelaide Oval against them. Um, but in the last uh, four years or so, we've uh, alternated between win and loss uh, for the last sort of six or seven games. And uh, the only other thing of note this week, uh, which is worth mentioning, is um, Daniel Pierce plays his 250th AFL game. Yeah, no, that's pretty uh, pretty impressive. That's a um, good achievement, and it's kind of crept up a fair bit, I think. Well, we drafted him, what was it 2004 pre-season draft? 2004, like yeah. Yeah, so, you know, he's been around a while. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, yeah. I guess, yeah, when I first saw that, I was like, oh, 250, right. And then I thought, well, I'm not too sure how many games I thought he'd actually played, but I thought he'd be sort of closer to sort of 200, 220 than uh, 250. But you know, he didn't miss many with us, did he? No, he didn't. Yeah, that's very true. Um, look, he's uh, he's been a pretty consistent player for a very, very, very long time at uh, across yep. both clubs. So you know, yep. good on him. Yep. He deserves it. Yeah, good luck to him. Um, yeah, I absolutely agree. There's nothing. I've got no bone of contention with Daniel Pierce at all. It's yeah. fine. All good. Yeah. Where do you think he's played his better footy, at uh, Frio or at Port Adelaide? Uh, oh, God, I don't know. I wouldn't say there was too huge a difference, really. Yeah. I suppose he's probably had more senior role at Frio, so that probably would give him the edge, I'd say. The thing that uh, I found interesting was he's only picked up three Brownlow votes in total since he crossed over to Frio. And he's yeah, playing but... his 95th game there this week. But he's competing with the guys that they like giving votes to. You know, like if you're in the same side as a Brownlow medalist and you're a fringe player or not even just, a, you know, on the edge of the top 10, you're not going to get that many votes. True, <laughs> but he's the sort of game-breaking midfielder, you know, that can uh, is he goals. Though? And, well, I think he is. I, I think he I still is, I, yeah. The reason why I don't see much difference between his form at Port and Port and Frio is I don't believe he is that. Um, I, I've always felt he was an icing player in that if you have a decent midfield around him, yeah, he'll contribute when you're not doing that well. But to actually get that sort of damage damage factor to him, you really need to be pretty good around the board. And I think the people also realise that, you know, when Pierce is kicking goals, it's usually because everything else is working. Yeah. Um, so, and if everything else is working, there's probably going to be votes elsewhere. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I'm not saying he's not a good player, but I just never – I never – I would never have thought an opposition would have feared him, and I don't think we ever feared him when he went to Frio, which is why we let yeah. him go so easily. No, very true. Um, Craig Jones has asked on Spreaker chat, uh, should Pierce be booed this week? Nah. I wouldn't think nah. so. I, don't, I can't remember if he got booed the last time we played um, Frio in Adelaide, which was, what, 2014, I think. Or probably the, the last game he played in Adelaide. I don't recall him getting booed at all. Um, but he also played a really bad game that day, so that might be why. Yeah, I mean, unless he starts stucking his head into free kicks in the forward line or something like that, then I don't think he'll get booed. Yeah, yeah he's done nothing for us um, to, to make us want to boo him, so no, yeah, no. free pass for old Piercy. I would agree. Yeah. He's certainly nowhere near the uh, Troy Chaplin level of... Uh, Writing a letter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. That's it. Oh, boy, that was terrible. Yeah. Now, last time we met was around 13 last year, which was uh, pretty much officially the, the nail in our 2016 season. It was played at uh, Subiaco. We lost to Frio by 17 points, uh, who had, at the time, only won two games for the year, and uh, I think was second bottom of the ladder. Uh, Michael Barlow picked up 43 touches and uh, the three Brownlow votes, and uh, Pav kicked four goals and also picked up one Brownlow vote. 
Thank God neither are playing this week. Yeah, um, that's really the old guard kind of slowly disappearing, isn't it? Not really it being replaced. So, um, uh, and also Barlow is also a, you know not a thug or anything, but a physical midfielder that they don't have now. So um, that's good. And so we talk about Fife playing this time, and he wasn't playing last time. But well, that's sort of a straight swap in some respects. So yeah, um, yeah no, it's good for us. Uh, especially that Pavlich isn't there, um, only because he is a little bit of quality that we have to watch out for. Whereas Cam McCarthy, what did he hit one five, one goal five last week? I'm did, not yeah. too worried about him at this point. So we'll see. No, that's right. Well, let's have a quick look at the teams. Uh, both are essentially unchanged at this point. Uh, we brought in Impey Atley and, Ju- and Drew into the squad. Uh, Freo have brought in uh, Sheridan, Tabiner, and Hughes. Mm. Um, we've, I guess we've already spoken about Port Adelaide and whether we expect any changes there. Um, do you expect um, Frio to make any changes to their side? Ah, oh, look, they might. Um, look, the only reason I think we might make a change to our side is if there's a weather change. So if it starts raining, we might ditch someone like um, Eddie potentially. But I, I don't think I don't think either side will make any real changes. If Frio do, I don't think there'll be significant ones, judging by the end. So yeah, I'll, I'll, the only one I'm half expecting is maybe Tabiner plays. Um, yeah. Because Kirsten yeah. looked absolutely shocking last week. McCarthy did nothing. Uh, Griffin wasn't all that impressive up forward. No. Well, he's not really a <laughs> you know a match-winning tall forward. He's uh, no Paddy Ryder. No, he's no Paddy Ryder. Uh, so I would expect maybe Tabiner comes in. I'm not sure who okay. drops out. Maybe Nick Subin. Not too sure, but um, that would be the only change that I would expect. Well, I mean, I think they're playing Nick Subin as a sort of a, um, a offensive tagger now. So I don't know that he'll get dropped. It's like a forward tagger sort of role. Kind of like Dom Cassisi car role back in the day. Yeah. Um, the forward line. Yeah. 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 It's a good thing we well, don't we'll, have we'll, anyone we'll, we'll, creator. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, so what are your thoughts and uh, expectations of Frio this year? Uh, look, I think they're just going to grind out the season. Um, I think if you look at last week, they, you know, John kicked 100, 100 points on him, and I don't think Freo, I think teams can kick 100 points on Freo, they're going to have a terrible year. Mm. Um, there, there's no doubt about that. There's not a lot of quality in their side. Um, you know, a guy like Aaron Sandilands, he's still a, a giant unit, um, but it's really, it's a shallow midfield, it's a shallow, shallow forward line, and it's a pretty shallow defence, and the only thing they've really got going for them is Ross Lyons, so... Um, in my view, I, I don't think they can have a good year. I think it would be surprising if they didn't finish bottom four, um, particularly given wow. it's Freo. They do tend to really just bomb out. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't see much there that's going to get them wins apart from being in Perth. And as I just said, Freo, they, Perth doesn't seem to be a factor in their shit. They just completely capitulate. So Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, I had them pegged as um, as finalists this year in the preseason. Mm-hmm. I thought, um, with Fife back, with Sandy back, I think they'll have a pretty good year. Um Got to say, they, they didn't look very good at all against Geelong. There was holes all over the ground, and we'll talk about that soon. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just a, a poor start, but um, I think they're going to struggle uh, kicking goals this year, uh, especially if McCarthy doesn't fire. If he doesn't kick 35 to 40 goals, then I'm just not sure where they're going to be able to kick uh, winning scores on a regular basis. Well, yeah, that's it, but... Like you talk about Sandilands and Fife, but that's just one pairing you need to disrupt, and then you've got Freo, right? Like that's not too difficult, surely. Mm. Um, and Cam, Cam McCarthy, uh, I don't know. Like there's just not enough around him, I don't think, as well. Like I don't, not only 
quality players, but also I just don't think there's enough team play around him to give him the space he needs and let him lead on the angle so he can actually kick the goals and all that sort of stuff. It just seems really shallow. just yeah. seems really shallow team. Uh, yeah, I think that if they get wins, it'll probably be against terrible sides. Um, they might be the best of the terrible teams. Well, look, they certainly had their chances on the weekend. They they had 23 scoring shots. I think uh, Geelong had something like 25. So they certainly had their chances. And look, stats don't mean everything, but um, they did dominate uh, a lot of categories against Geelong. You know, they had a lot more of the bowl. They had eight more inside 50s, 14 more clearances. They had, what, three times the hitouts, same marks inside 50, but they lost by plenty. So there was plenty of holes all over the ground for Frio. And um, the game style just looks a little bit faulty at the moment. Yeah, look, I mean, if, if you just look at the stats, um, there's a bit more than that to it. If you look on the um, AFL app, uh, which is that Geelong comfortably won contested possessions. They had 20 contested marks to nine, mm. uh, 72 tackles to 45, uh, 14 tackles inside the forward 50 compared to six. Uh, they won intercept possessions. Uh, yeah, all the physical ones, all the ones that you talk about having a bigger side for, they're the ones that Geelong won, and that's why Geelong have had the record they have had for such a long time, and it's a lot of why Sydney have had the record they've had for such a long time too, and hopefully it's why we'll have the record that they both had. So... Um, I, I think that the, they won a lot of possession categories because they just do go out to space. And you can get away with that to a degree at Subiaco. You can probably get away with it to a degree at Adelaide Oval. But it's, it's just not really a winning strategy unless you are absolutely skillful. And I think that's where they get caught out because there's not a lot of guys in that side that you'd say are excellent kicks. And they're playing a possession no, game plan. They're no, playing a possession right. game plan with that skill. And so you're just yeah. destined to lose. So they, They've got yeah. a lot of grafters as opposed to really sort of clean... Um, mm. attractive footballers so that's certainly one reason um, look that, as I said they did really struggle on the weekend they, they struggled to transition from defence to the forward line they only yep. scored from uh, I think 20% of their forward entries which was I think worst uh, across the league um, they were really put under a lot of pressure with the bowl which caused a lot of errors um, and the thing that I really took out of watching that Frio Geelong game um, was just how many times they turned the ball over in the def- in their defensive half. Yep. Um, and it just created so much free space for Geelong just to run the ball forward. And it was almost like watching that round one game or the, the showdown from last year, early in the season, where we were commenting on what's going on with our zone here. You know, how many uh, sort of uh, Joe the Gooses did we get kicked on us uh, in those two games? Yeah. And it was almost a similar story watching that Frio Geelong game on the weekend. Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, they just really fell apart. And honestly, you wouldn't expect them to do a lot better this week traveling away. But uh, if Port has one of its relapses, which I think it's probably too early in the season for Port to have a relapse after playing the way they did against Sydney. But if they do, then that might give Freo an in. But if we don't, then they just, that's it. You know, you'll know five minutes in. Uh, so get ready to place your bets five minutes into the game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if, we, if we don't look like we're capitulating, we'll win for sure. So. If they give us that much space, which they gave Geelong, I think we're going to be kicking, you know, eighteen to twenty goals ourselves, which uh, would be happy days. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just because we've also got that aggression now going forward. You know, Sam Palpepper is the classic example, and especially being a, a former West Coast Eagles fan playing against Freo, I mean, you'd have to think he'd be ready to pretty fired up in his first home game as well. Um, but just that aggression he has is that he's got the big body and he's also happy to kick a long goal. I mean, what are Freo going to do about sixty metre goals? What are they going to yeah. do about it? They're not equipped for it at all in any no, way. Not at all. Not at all. Mm. Well, let's uh, look at some matchups, I guess, and we'll look at our uh, defence first. So, Frio's forward line, 
I guess their main two forwards um, would be Kirsten and McCarthy. Um, I would expect Homsch to go to Kirsten. Um, yeah, yeah. If we were doing a, a spud that tears us apart, he would probably be the one. Um, I find it strange that they really chased him so hard, knowing that they were going to get McCarthy as well. And he had an okay last year. He kicked, uh, I think, 22 goals in 17 games. But, you know, he's no more than an okay forward. He got absolutely towed up on the weekend. He only managed uh, a couple of marks and seven touches. No scoring shots at all. And um, I would expect Homsch to do a, a pretty similar job um, this week. I think the fact that Jonathan Griffin's been named at full forward tells you why Freo was so desperate to get any kind of key forwardish player. So anyone over six foot. Honestly, I'm surprised there. they didn't have. I'm surprised they didn't have a crack at John Butcher, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, very true. And look, Cam McCarthy. Obviously, he's got a lot of talent. We know his story. It's his. It was his first game back on the weekend from a year off, um, and he really did struggle to impact. He kicked one goal five, just took mm. the two marks. He's got really good pace. He's got plenty of X factor. Um, I reckon Cleary would be the perfect matchup for him because I think he's got the endurance to run with him um, on his sort of uh, far-searching leads and he's really good at sort of doubling back and, and running hard towards goal as well. Look, I mean, I, I kind of feel it's such a K. McCarthy forward line that you just make sure that you have the guy cutting off his leads and then he's sort of done for the day, I reckon, just about. Yeah, yeah um, very true. Yeah, really. Um, so maybe it'll be Darcy. Well, again, that's where, uh, that's where Jonas comes into it as well, I think. Yeah, or it might be um, uh, Houston getting in front and yeah. uh, contesting the mark while someone follows up. Yep. Could be. That'll work all right. You've got yeah, the right to so. for that. Yeah. Well, I would expect, that. yeah, I would expect Jonas to go on either Griffin, if he does play out forward, or maybe someone like Ed Langdon. Yeah, maybe. Which would yeah, allow Langdon. him to be able to sort of zone off a fair bit. I'd rather see him on Langdon, yeah, of those two. What about Weller? Uh, I think Weller's a bit too quick. He's got a bit too much pace and he's a bit yeah. too sort of midfieldery for Jonas. Okay, okay, fair enough. Oh, I'd expect someone like Broadbent to go on Weller. Okay, that's fair. Mm. Mm, mm. I guess Walters is the other dangerous player in their forward line um, and we know he can be such a dangerous player. He's, he didn't really show it on the weekend. Um, Geelong really got in his head. He gave away a couple of free kicks, a couple of silly free kicks, but... He has played very well against us in the past. Um, you do have to go back to 2014 for that, though. Um, I would expect uh, DBJ to, to do the job on him. Um, yep. He's got yep. the pace to go with him, and he's got that sort of grunt uh, to hopefully put him off his game. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, let's have a quick look at the midfield. Uh, Sanderlands is, I guess, the big one, because um, Ryder's only come up against him, I think, once uh, in the last four or five years. Uh, so it was still kind of a bit of an unknown um, how that matchup's going to go. He had 48 hitouts on the weekend, which is massive. Um, he seemed to really enjoy not having someone knee him in the ribs from behind 30 times a game uh, because of the new third man up rule, which is great for him. Mm. And look, he consistently fed Frio um, or their midfield the ball. Uh, they just didn't do anything with it, really. He had uh, 28 hitouts to advantage, which is absolutely massive. Um, and I think they scored 14 times from stoppages, which was uh, number one across the league as well. So uh, Sandy was certainly doing his job. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and like you said, they won all that stuff. But uh, a lot of the time when they won the clearances, I mean, they just went back to free play, which is to sort of go wide. And that's why it was ineffective in the end. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be an important contest. Um, more than anything, not so much because we're worried about what Sandilands might do, because what Sandilands might do is going to be heavily impacted by what he's got around him. But because of what it might not allow Port to do if Paddy Ryder can't win a few taps here and there. Um, 
how do we set up? Do we set up expecting to lose the tap? Do we sort of back Ryder in? Uh, when it was, you know, uh, Jackson Trengove, I mean, we just assumed he wasn't going to win, so that was yeah. an easier way to set up. But when there's that doubt about how you're going to go, it becomes an interesting uh, tactical decision as to how you go, I suppose. But uh, yeah, Ryder could do okay, um, but I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's the key matchup in this game, Macca. I really don't. I don't, I don't think it's the key matchup in this game, but I think um, Sandy probably. Uh, he would be their MVP. Like he's going to be the one that really sort of dictates if they're going to win the game or not. I think. Oh no, no, I don't think so. I, I think it's it's interesting to see how Ryder sort of goes up against him. He's got more leap than what um, Stanley has for Geelong, so I'm expecting him to get plenty of hitouts himself. Um, do you think Sandy will have a bit more of an advantage around the ground? Yes. Yep, I do. Do you think, do you think Ryder's going to try and jump early to try and put him off? Uh, I think that Ryder's instruction would be to win the tap. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's going to be it 100% uh, because as soon as you start doing the other things, you give free kicks away. So yep. um, as much as anything, that's going to hurt us. Uh, giving away free kicks on Sandy Owens, it's not hard to do. Uh, mm-hmm. So I would, if, I, if I was the right coach, I'd just be saying, Ryder, just try and win the taps uh, and don't worry about the mind games because the, it's the midfield that's going to have to deal with those. So, um, yeah, 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 pretty much. Okay, fair enough. Uh David Mundy, who I expect uh, Brad Ebert mm. might go to. Um, he was their star on the weekend. He had yep. uh, 31 touches, 10 clearances, 9 inside 50s. Yep. He looked to be moving freely and uh, and back to his best, which he wasn't last year. I do expect Ebert to go head-to-head with him, and I think that would be a pretty uh, pretty decent matchup. Yeah, I'd almost consider... Well, it depends on how Ebert plays. Like, I don't want him to go like head-to-head like they both just sort of run amok um, because I think that they get more advantage from Monday running amok than we do from Ebert. Yeah. Um, I would want it to be a very close accountable game on Monday because I think Monday's one of the guys that you can rely on to not just automatically kick out on a 45-degree angle from the centre of the ground. Yeah. Um, so that's... You know, we want to shut that down. We want it, we want them kicking from horrible angles all game. That's how we beat Freo. Yeah. Uh, because if we clog that corridor, then they're just going to go out wide and they don't have the skills to really capitalise on that. So mm. he's exactly the sort of player we want to shut down. So I, I give him the closest attention. Maybe give Nat Fife the, the game off and have a crack on Monday instead. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Look, Ebert did such a great job on the weekend. He uh, he really shut down Hanbury and got yeah, into the true. ball himself. He was just about best on ground. So uh, if he can do something similar this week, it would go a long way to us winning, I think. Yeah, I do tend to agree. Yes. Uh, Fife, he's back. And uh, he did have a pretty good game on the weekend. Um, he had 28 touches and six clearances. Uh, was pretty damaging with the ball as well. Uh, I guess the... The matchup that we all want to see, I guess, is uh, Fife up up against uh, Ollie Wines. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess be pretty mean. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not really too fussed about that. Yeah, okay, that'd be all right. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> well, we know he's beaten him before, um, so yeah. he's, he's got yeah. form there. Um, I guess the question is, can he do it again? I mean, he potentially could. I mean, it, it comes down to what you think of beating. So what is beating? Is beating forcing Fife's possessions to be less effective than a kick right down to the fifty to a mark? Then he can he, yes. can, he can definitely win that. He, he can he can affect Fife, uh, Fife's possessions, uh, and that might be the win. So Fife might still get twenty five touches, thirty touches even, but if they're not damaging, then who cares? Yeah, yeah. I think we've got to look at it that way when you're looking at a guy like Fife. Um, so yeah, absolutely, he can win that one. 
I mean, you, look, Fife's not the sort of player that's going to get completely put off his game and only get nine touches no, or something like that. So you not. know he's going to get the ball 25 times. Just what you can force him to do with that uh, yep. disposal 25 times, which is going Absolutely. to be Absolutely. Yeah, and if you can force him to look, have to look out wide or have to kick under pressure and whatever else along the way, then that's going to go a long way towards beating Fife. If not statistically, then in terms of actual game impact. Uh, Lockie Neal is uh, a very, very consistent player. He picks up yep. a lot of the ball for them. Uh, he had 23 touches and a goal on the weekend. You know he's going to get plenty of it. He plays quite loose as well. Um, the question is, who goes to him? Um, do we just run someone off him, or do we need someone to be a little bit accountable to him? I don't know. I'm, look, I mean, I'm kind of tempted to say we, we let Lockie Neal run loose and we let Sam Powell Pepper run loose and see who comes off better off. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. Good. I mean, my first thought was to have Boat go to him and uh, yeah, maybe. sort of um, see if we can get Neil playing a little bit more defensively. Um, but yeah, look, I'll also be happy if uh, Power Pepper went to him and they just sort of uh, shook hands at the start and that was uh, <laughs> the end of their time together. Well, look, I mean, I think that Pal Pepper, just the way he plays, is the sort of guy that um, if he gets a start, so we'll know at the end. We'll know by quarter time if that's going to happen. Um, then he's the sort of guy that will make someone like Neil have to play a bit more defensively if he's going to be matched up on him, or they'll change their matchups um, because they—that's exactly the sort of player they can't deal with. Yeah, for sure. And then they've got the three pacey guys in the Hill brothers and Pierce. Um, do you think yeah. they hold any um, drama for us on the weekend? They play wide. No. Mm. Um, if they if if they get the message, so they're the ones. Like if I'm Ross Lyon, they're the three that I'm saying, "Hey guys, um, you're good at finding space, but I really need you to focus on getting through contests more if we're going to beat Port." Uh, I think if they do that, because last week they didn't, they were they were very outside. Um, uh, you know, even when they were any close, they were sort of going out to wings and all that sort of stuff. But if you can get yeah. them to be more arcing in from the wing towards the centre half forward position, you know, really sort of being more damaging when they go forward, um, then yeah, they could be a real threat for us, but. I guess we'll see if they do that or not. If their midfield gets on top, then I can see uh, the likes of uh, Brad Hill and Stephen Hill having a bit of a field day, but um, yeah. we hope that doesn't happen. Uh, they do have a lot of pace. Brad Hill didn't have a very good game on the weekend. He was pretty shocking no, in his I... first game for Freo. I thought Stephen Hill was actually pretty decent. Pierce was his usual self. He sort of bobbed up here and there yep. um, without really damaging the game too much. Um, yeah. Look, I would expect the, the likes of uh, Pollock to be able to sort of match it with them and um, do a hell of a lot more damage. I'm really stoked about Jared Pollock this year. I think he's had the Schofield transformation, um, for those that can remember back that long ago. Mm. Uh, in the Jared Schofield, for his first two, three years, he was just kind of rubbish and inconsistent and just sort of outside. And then in 2001, he just became a player for bang. a solid three years. Yeah. He went bang, and I've, I reckon, it's a bit too early to say it, but... Fingers crossed, touching wood and all that stuff. I reckon Jared Pollock's doing that this year. This I is the see. most. This is the most complete football he's played in his AFL career. Mm. Um, it might not be the most, you know, flashy, but as a footballer, he's the best he has ever been. Yeah. Uh, he, he's playing team football. He's playing accountable football. He's contesting when he needs to, but he's still doing those runs up ahead so that he can get the ball and be useful in creating as well. He's found last week. He found a really excellent combination, and if he can keep that up this year, he'll be top five and our best and fairest. Oh, without a doubt. We know how much mm. of a uh, an important player he is to our team, and if he can get it 20 times a week, uh, we're going to win more often than not. I feel like 
he hasn't been an important player to our team reliably. I think that this year he could be genuinely a reliable player, an important player to our team if yeah. he plays the way he has played so far. Look, he look. Let's be honest, he was poor at times last year. That's why he got dropped yeah. a couple of times. So yep. him yep. to come out on the weekend and play that way against the Swans, mm. uh, which he probably hasn't mm. been able to do in the past, well, maybe uh, was a massive sign, a huge sign of uh, the year ahead for Jared Pollock. Well, and not just physically, but also just I think the difference I'm think really talking about here is focus, um, like knowing what he has to do. Um, observing the game because he's got that ability to observe the game and tell what's going on, but then also knowing that you know he there are things he has to do. He's a senior player now. Yeah, yeah he's a, he's a senior player on our side with all the young blokes coming in, so he's got to step up. And it's nice to see him actually seeming to do it. So good on him. That's it. A uh, quick look at our forward line. Um, the what the main um, matchup that I'm really interested in this week is who goes to Brett Eddy. I think it's going to be Joel Hamling. I expect Hamling to go to him. He played in the Dogs Premiership last year, moved to Frio this year. Didn't have a great first game. No. Uh, but if Frio played the way they did on the weekend, I think Eddie is up for a big game this week. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't. I like Eddie, um, in, not because he's uh, necessarily the best contributor, but I think he recognises... I think you saw it in that last JLT game um, when there was a goal. I think it was Eddie's third goal, it might have been. Uh, and Dixon's run off, and he's taken two defenders with him, and he's completely fluffed it, and Eddie just sort of hung back. He's, yeah. You could see in the yeah. replay from the goal line that he saw what Dixon was doing. He's like, okay, Dixon's taking that option, so I'll take this option. Mm-hmm. Like, that is the most intelligent forward play we've had for a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think it's just a matter of time before that comes out. Uh, and if he recognises his place in the side is that Dixon's going to go out there and make the big contest and he has to be the smart one, then I think that there's still a place for him. He didn't get on the... He didn't do exactly much in round one, but, you know, full forward. Oh, maybe you don't always... is pretty hard for a third-tall forward. It absolutely um, to is, To sort yeah. of uh, impact in any sort of meaningful way. And yeah, well, yeah. I, I'm, he's going to have a lot of space to work at the Adelaide Oval this week, and uh, I'm expecting him to have a big one. It's going to be his breakout game. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. He's coming in, and he's got that experience of playing the role. So as long as he doesn't you know, get too unfocused and he just keeps trying to be a smart footballer and not have to be the one leading away, then I think he'll do well. Yeah. I do like his little shrug turns as well when he gets the ball and spins and turns. He's very clever. He's got mm, a like footy now about him, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, so it's really just a matter of time and settling, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Dixon, you would expect Zach Dawson because he's got the height. Um, the only concern oh, no, I have... Zach, Zach Dawson's Dawson. a bit shorter than... He's a bit shorter than Dixon, he's isn't like, he? Oh, he's 197. He's the tallest uh, oh, key defender oh. they've got. 195, Dixon... Sorry, Dixon um, Dawson... D- I think. Yeah, Dawson's 195, so there is a okay. bit off yeah. there. Well, Joel Hamling's only 193, I think, and Johnson's probably about the same. But yeah. uh, Dawson usually takes the, the bigger guys. And uh, the main concern that I've got is uh, Dixon's kicked one goal total in five games against Frio. Uh, it's his lowest goal tally against any team in the AFL. So he's not um, he's not had a good game against them before. Um, maybe it's time this weekend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I mean, last he's played once against them with us, and we lost. Um, yep. and he's played before that with Gold Coast, and they're terrible. So, mm. um, yeah, <laughs> I'm not too shocked. <laughs> when you put it like that, maybe not, but um, it, it's by <laughs> far his lowest goal tally against any team. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, well, they play defensive. They play defensive. So if you've mm. got a... If you want, 
it's the same as the Crobots and all these teams that play a defensive first team, which is that if you're terrible, they will tear you apart. Yeah. If, if you're if you're subpar, they will make you look ridiculous. Um, but if they're not up to it, then they will look ridiculous. It's it sort of goes with the turf, and the idea is for them to be able to beat enough teams to grind them up and make the finals, make the top four, and then hope things go their way, um, which traditionally it hasn't. Um, so I think that's as much of an expression as anything else. Fair enough. Uh, of, of how free I play. Uh, Michael Johnson usually takes Justin West off and usually does a reasonable job on him. I think he's got the height, yeah. the agility, and the pace to go with him. Yeah, and the brain. And the brain. Uh, that's the, that's, that's the important part. I think he does match him uh, in terms of player type as well. So um, maybe Westhoff will get away, but probably not. It might mm-hmm. be that they play Westhoff in defence just so they don't have to worry about that matchup. I think that might even look. You might even play someone like Westhoff on McCarthy. <laughs> I think that'd be an interesting matchup. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he could go with him. I reckon he's not too dissimilar. Um, and he could play off him a little bit too. Oh, that'd be interesting to see mm. how that works. be interesting to see how much time Trengove plays up forward as well and what they do with that yeah. matchup. Yeah. Uh, yep. I mean, maybe Dawson goes to Trengove. Maybe we'll see Hamlin go to Dixon and, yeah, they'll, they'll change it up a little bit that way. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Maybe they'll put someone like Cam Sutcliffe or something on uh, on Eddie. Yeah, look, that'd be a sensible matchup, I guess. Yeah, I think um, our small forwards hold one of the keys to winning this game. I think um, you know, if yep. Winkard and Young can fire again, if Robbie Gray can find a bit more of the ball this week, uh, they're going to be very, very hard to stop. Uh, Lee Spurs is probably their best small defender. Um, he's a really good shutdown player, can rebound as well. Um, I would expect him to go to Wingard. Mm. Yeah, uh, I'd agree with that. Um, I think the important thing about our forwards, uh, the small forwards, is that we need them to not get sucked into leading to pockets um, because I think that's exactly where Freya will beat us uh, if we do stuff like that. So it's really a matter of they've got to consistently lead towards the gold square and we've got to try and hit them up there as much as possible. Um, okay. I think they'll struggle with that. Yeah. <laughs> but play, so. yeah. Mm. Anything mm. else you want to talk before we go into the uh, the final stages? No, I don't think so. That's it? I'm, I'm right. pretty good. All right. Time to stand up. You go first. Whose time is it to stand up? Ah, uh, for Port. Um, look, I mean, I'd have to say it's probably got to be Sam Gray, realistically. Mm. Um, Sam Gray, because he has, as much as I said, he shouldn't have been dropped for this week, and he might not be. Um, I think that if he has another iffy game this week, then he's out. <laughs> he's out. I would think he so. gets replaced for MP so. or someone else, or who knows? There's plenty of other options there. Um, we've got secondary midfielders now. That's a thing. Like that's why Atley and Drew, I think, has sort of been named as emergencies. Is that yeah. um, if we have got secondary midfielders on our list and they're almost ready to go, so he's got to perform this week. He does definitely. absolutely. Mm. Look, he can play a valuable role this week as well. As I said before, you know the pace of their midfield of those three players, the Hill brothers and, and Pierce. If he can go on one of them, get a fair bit of the ball, sort of uh, force them to go a little bit defensive. Um, and, and hurt them the other way. That would be uh, that would be very very handy. Yeah, that would be good. Uh, yep. For me, time to stand up this week is our skills. Uh, was wet last week, but once again we were seventeenth in efficiency across the round. You know, it's really time we start hitting those targets and, and cutting through our opponent. And if we do that this week, we're going to win by plenty. Uh, yes, I broadly agree. Um... Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think that's a, the, the advantage is that 
if there are turnovers, then the chances are that our players will not be standing next to a Freo player because mm. Freo will be breaking to get away and make space and all that stuff. So yeah. it could be that our history does improve a lot this week because of who we're playing. But, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, look, honestly, I'm happy with the inaccuracy if we keep busting through and making opportunities, really. I, I yeah. think that's sort of where we're at. So Fair enough. Who's your mm. game changer this week? Game changer? Uh, Pollock? Pollock, okay. I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Pollock. I reckon that if he can play a, a role on one of the hills, for example, and also still be creating another way, I think that'll go a long way towards us winning. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, because that'll cut down a lot of their favourite safe ways of going forward uh, and turn it against them. Like, that's that's the thing. Like, they like going wide and going a bit forward. Um, yeah. So if we can shut off that safety avenue and we can pressure them on their main one, then they're just going to capitulate. So, yeah, a guy like Pollock's very important to us. Absolutely. My game changer this week is uh, Paddy Ryder. I think if Paddy can jump over Sandy in the ruck contest, and uh, especially around the ground, if he can uh, get over the top of him and start getting his hands on the ball, I think we win the game. If if Ryder wins the ruck, we win. Simple as that. I, well, I mean, that's that's really obvious. Yes, I totally agree. <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't. I agree absolutely. I think that if we if Ryder wins the ruck, there's no way we're going to lose this game. I totally agree. I just don't think it's going to happen. Mm. Uh, your X factor this week. Um, uh, you're asking all the tough questions, Matthew. You go first. <laughs> For me, it's Brett Eddy this week. He's going to be my X yeah. factor. I think yeah. uh, obviously he had a very, very quiet first week. Um, Frio won't be expecting miracles from him, I don't think. But um, I can actually see him kicking a bit of a bag this week. And whether he plays on Hamling or Dawson or, or one of the smaller sorts out there, uh, I can see him being able to get on top of either player and um, having a bit of a breakout game. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think I'd go, assuming he's selected, Carl Amon. Um, because I think he's exactly the, he's added con- a bit of contesting to his game. He started doing it late last year, but he sort of really carried on with it, I kind of feel. Um, and it might be a game where he can get his position count up and uh, maybe have a bit of an impact because he's playing against a side that is not huge and monstrous. So I, I can see him getting 25 touches on a wing and a couple of goals. I could I could absolutely see that, yeah. Mm. If he's if he if he plays that sort of role he's been playing, which is sort of half-back wing, he'll get that many for sure, I reckon. Someone like Pierce isn't going <laughs> to pay him too much attention, nah. I don't think. So nah, nah. He'll, he'll have the chance to get off the leash a bit and uh, have a big impact. Yeah, if you go for a bounce and a bit of a run, he'll, he'll love that. So That's I it. think this is exactly the team you try that against. Mm. For sure. Right, prediction time. Who's going to win? Uh, the winning margin and who's going to be the leading goal kicker? Fought by 50, winning uh, leading goal kicker is probably going to be, uh, I reckon it's going to be one of theirs, but uh, for us, uh, I guess Chad, because he hates Frio. Chad okay. Wingard absolutely hates Frio. He's got a good record against him. Um, yeah, let's go with that. All right. I'm going to say Port by 37 points, and I've got Brett Eddie uh, kicking five goals. That would be good. I'd be That'd pretty be happy nice. with that. That'd yeah. be very nice. Yeah. yeah. Any other games this round uh, interest you at all? Uh, honestly, I haven't looked. I doubt it. Certainly not Richmond versus Collingwood. <laughs> in the first half was one of the worst games I've ever seen in my life. Um, yep. But looks to yep. have uh, gotten a little bit better after halftime, so that's good. I guess um, from a Port Adelaide perspective, the Western Bulldogs versus Sydney is fairly important um, because if Sydney does the Western Bulldogs in, then we can sort of feel really good about ourselves. <laughs> we can. That's, that's very true. The, uh, the grand final replay, that'll be an interesting one. I think Hawks and the Crows would be very, very interesting. 
especially yeah. played at the MCG. The Crows can win that one. Um, they could. They'll be they'll be looking pretty sweet, I think. Uh, unfortunately, but hopefully Hawthorne can do the job there. The other one, which um, might be a little bit strange, is Melbourne and Carlton. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Melbourne have improved. Um, like, they have on paper, and, you know, uh, Lewis in their midfield is just a huge bonus, like absolutely phenomenal. If you look at their list right now, if from a list management perspective, you just sort of drool. Like, you know, they're still Melbourne. They've still got Melbourne culture to overcome. But they've got key forwards. They've got pretty good key defenders. They've got the midfielders mm. that you want and your Viney and all those guys. They've got good, pretty decent flankers now. Their halfback flankers are still kind of shit, but, you know, they're okay. You can cope with that if the other areas are pretty good. Um, on paper, they're excellent. They've got a new yeah. coach. That will be interesting to see how Goodwin goes, but he's not that new, so maybe he's a bit of an unquantity after all. Yeah, I agree. It is an, it is an important match. If Melbourne lose this one, then they're probably not going to do much this year, and if they win, well, it doesn't really tell us a whole lot, but at least we know they're not going to be rubbish. Mm. I can see Carlton doing a bit of a sneaky job and getting up and winning, but uh, I can also yeah, see maybe. Melbourne winning by about 90 points as well. So. <laughs> exactly. I think I think you got that measure exactly right there. Yeah, it's going to be one or the um, other. Yep, yep. Uh, I think the other one, which is not interesting in that I don't want to watch it, but I want to know the result, which is Brisbane Lions versus Essendon. <laughs> um, I still think, I, I still believe, oh, because of some very sensible factors, yeah, well, that's it. I, there's probably some people that might think they won't. They're thinking, oh, yes, and then they finish the wooden spoon, blah, blah, blah. But I just think they have huge advantages coming in this year with such a, a, a tested list. Um, they know more about their list at AFL level than any other club. Uh, yeah. Opposition scouts have had a whole year where they haven't been able to get any really good information on players coming through. Um, yeah. They've got a lot of advantages coming up with that, and I reckon Essendon could absolutely smash them, which, hooray for Brisbane, they might get another priority pick. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Though it's interesting to see that uh, Josh Shackey wants, uh, well, he's held off uh, contract talks until the end of the year. Well, and there's big rumours of uh, two Victorian clubs that are going very gung-ho for him. Yeah, but that's every trade rumour. <laughs> so it's, it's not good for every, your number every... one draft pick from last year to uh, to already be holding off on um, uh, contract talks, you know, one one year in. Um, that oh, looks, with his history with the club and his, his father's history with the club, that would be a nightmare for them to lose. Uh, yeah, the, but that's why you uh, that's why you make the big show now, and then you, you're hero for re-signing, and you get the big pay packet because Brisbane can't afford a loss like that. Mm. Um, that's exactly that's ex- this is huge, purely um, Nick Hollandish uh, sort of manipulation of the media <laughs> for contract gain. That this is entirely what that is. Oh, good old Nick. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think in his he, last year he got paid something like uh, seven hundred thousand dollars to play in the VFL. Look, honestly, as much as we're sort of laughing at Nick, Nick Holland, it's kind of what Hamish Hartless done to us. So, yeah, very, very true. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy the SANFL in four years, Hamish. Mm. Mm. Right. Well, if we win by yeah. 50 or 37 points, uh, I think it's going to be a good weekend for Port Adelaide. Certainly hope so. It'd be really good. It'd be really nice. That's it. Right. Mm. That's probably enough for this evening. So, uh, until next time. Can port, He's got to keep his feet cautious, worried him out of it. Slips the handball to Treadray. Back turn, well done. Little give, this might be it. Corns, Treadray, Pierce.